Hello, and welcome to The Lemon Law. I'm your host, Emily. I'm Luis. My name is Julian. And I'm Emily Marie. And tonight, we are talking about our self-limiting beliefs about dating. So, what are self-limiting beliefs? Um, They are just negative stories that we tell ourselves that really limit us in the lives that we want to lead. Um, So, there's a lot of different stories you can tell yourself in terms of, like, why you're not changing your habits, for example, or going for what you want. And I think a goal of this podcast that we have is really like restructuring our thoughts to live the best lives that we can and have the best relationships that we can. So we thought it was a good topic tonight to talk about what are the stories that we tell ourselves around dating and how that limits us and how can we maybe restructure those thoughts to have more meaningful relationships. Um, Let me also introduce our doodles, our golden doodle dogs that you might hear battling and begging for toys in the background. So we have Izzy and Luna here with us as well, who you might hear throughout the podcast. Um, So with that in mind, Julian is going to start us off with a poem. Yeah. Um, So I think like one of my big self-limiting beliefs in general, like throughout my life has been that I don't deserve this or kind of I'm not worthy and I just sit around waiting for things to happen and never take action and just expect something to happen. And I was thinking about it when we were talking to this podcast that I would write a lot of poetry related to this in like high school and like middle school and stuff like that. I write a lot of poetry about different things these days, but um, this is just like a random poem that I wrote like midnight one night in high school um, that I thought sort of resonated with what we're doing. Um, so it goes like this. The poem is titled Life. The duck sits, waiting in the lake. She calls his name, still wide awake. In the dark, waves crawl cautiously upon her as she counts the hours of the night. She waits and waits until that fateful day. No one comes and the lake drowns away. Left with no love and all hope gone, the duck is forgotten and life moves on. So yeah, that was a, a poem that I wrote. And I would write a lot of, like, and I feel like that's how I would express it to the world. Like, I knew I had these self-limiting beliefs about myself and my worth. And I know that doesn't perfectly resonate exactly with the belief of not feeling worthy, but that's exactly the feeling I was feeling at the time mm-hmm. while writing this poem. And how I kind of express myself in writing is how I'm feeling at the time. And it's, even though I've tried to get away from it till this day, like, I'll cancel dates because I'll be like, oh my gosh, they're out of my league. You know, I'm not worthy of the kind of love or the kind of affection that I might get out of this. And it's just this, like, this sense, this feeling of worthiness that's just Mm -hmm. stuck with me. And I try to get out of it because, you know, when you're aware of something, you do your best to get out of it. But it's just not happened with me to this day. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. My follow-up question to that would be, do you feel like um, there are ways that you try to flip that? And um, like, do you have any examples of when you were sort of pumping yourself up for a date to try to like get out of that mindset? And do you feel like you felt the positives of that in terms of trying to restructure that thinking or... Do you feel like it's kind of always been that thing in the background of all your dates that you've been on in your relationships? I think subconsciously it's always there, you know, mm-hmm. as, as even as I try to move away from it and it's like, it almost just feels like a part of me. Like as much as I try to do other things, I'm always just like, am I worthy enough to be in this? Even in my longest relationship during college and a little bit after college, I was always like, oh my gosh, what did I do to deserve this? And it was like a genuine feeling of like, what did I do to deserve this mm-hmm. um, type of feeling. Um, but I like try to move away from it. Like I try to be like confident in myself. Like I've gotten more confident over time in both like my body and my personality and my mm-hmm. um, like my attitude and how I approach relationships and I think that I genuinely try to be as good of a person as I can. I know I have my own faults but that's how I try to approach things Um, and it's helped me be a little bit more confident when it comes to these situations but like I feel like at the end of the day my own brain psychs myself out. They're like oh you're trying too hard to make yourself like make yourself look good. You're not actually that great. So 
it's like one of those things that is just it's a cycle right as much mm-hmm. as I try to pump myself up my brain's like no mm-hmm. you shouldn't you're like faking yourself out you're not actually like that so yeah what comes to mind is I love going to yoga because the instructor is like every day is a practice and just like your yoga practices I like to think of like it's not something that's going to come overnight, but it's like with different, ex- with more experience and more training of that muscle, if you will, yeah. you'll get better at it and know that like there is always going to be that like self-limiting belief in the background there, but that you can like keep trying to be intentional about talking to yourself more positively yeah. and like yeah. knowing that it's going to get better with practice and that um, it just takes experience. Like a mindset you have to get into. Mm -hmm. This might sound kind of silly, but I gave myself like an alter ego when I was in like, when I lived in Yuma, my friends um, just kind of joked with me that I was like, Emily sometimes, but like Roxy other times. (laughs) So like sometimes when I'm just feeling a little like less badass or like, um, I feel like I resonate with you a lot on sometimes I just don't feel... Like, I deserve love, but I think a lot of that comes from me not feeling like I'm perfect enough or, like, mm-hmm. I'm not this, I'm not this, They why would they, like, right? Like, mm-hmm. you just start to go down that spiral. So then Roxy comes in, and Roxy kind of is, like, this badass. Like, she doesn't care what anybody thinks of her. Like, yeah. she gets tattoos on the weekend, right? Ooh. Like, you know, this kind of vibe. Like, and yeah. that's who, like, I feel like sometimes I have to remind myself who I want yeah. to be and, yeah. like, that's that carefree attitude. So maybe just like give yourself a little like alter ego yes. trip, you know? But it's not easy. Like, shoot, yeah, I deal with this every day. But like sometimes it. just reminding myself that like Roxy needs to come out tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, like the alter ego yeah. idea because like even whatever you can to kind of trick your yeah. brain into being like, hey, you, know, yeah. you deserve this. And I like the Roxy yeah. idea. And I hopefully you continue right. to do that still. You know? It's a fun little way to like. I don't know, self-talk, right? Yeah. Like, you deserve this. Yeah, fake it till you make it. And <laughs> even if Roxy only lasts for the first 10 minutes right. of the date, yeah. and then she got you're me there. like, oh, yeah. shoot. But then you reflect, and you're like, at yeah. least Roxy was there for part of the time, <laughs> yeah. and how can she show up yeah. more? Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's funny because this, like, this self this self-doubt that I sometimes have impacts like a lot of my dates like I remember like the most recent person that I was going on dates with she could tell like every single time that we were together she's like why are you so nervous like we've been hanging out for like two months now like Mm. you know (laughs) like I like you like you don't need to be nervous or like have this self-doubt she's like I can feel it in you like you're trying to act a certain way but I can see you like pacing every single time that I turn away or something like that and I'm just like, yeah, I get this nervous energy. Yeah. And it's usually, and I think I talked about it last time, I get nervous or anxious when things get good. Yeah. And, but it's really just rooted in this self-belief that, like, if things go good, they could go bad, you know, super quick because maybe I'm not worthy enough, you know, of it. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's a continuous process. And it's funny because I'm more self-aware of it now. Like, I've always been self-aware of it, but I'm more self-aware of it now than I think I've ever been in the past. And I think right. that might help the future a lot more because I know exactly how I'm feeling, how I'm acting even now too when it comes to dating because people have pointed it out, you know. Uh, yeah. And quick self-compassion exercise, yeah. which I love. So self-compassion, self-compassion is treating yourself as if you would your best friend. So let's yeah. say that you, Luis just said exactly what you said about yourself. Yeah. What would you tell him? You were strong. <laughs> you was good. <laughs> you were beautiful. See what happens when you take it outside yourself. No, but seriously, yeah. No, and it makes sense. I think you sometimes it's so easy to be hard on yourself, right? Yeah. You're so supportive of other people, and it's easy to be hard on yourself. And I recognize that. I need to actually take my own advice at some point in time. Yeah. yeah. I do like the idea of having an alter ego because I feel like it kind of gives you a good visualization and a good like mental visualization of the person you aspire to be. Yeah. Um, and even like you guys were saying, even if that alter ego is there for 10 minutes of the day, you kind of like, once you realize that 10 minutes in, you're like, oh shit, this is my <laughs> alter ego. You're like, wow, I'm really doing this, you know? And like, maybe next time it'll be 15 minutes, maybe next time mm-hmm. it'll be 20 minutes, but it's just like, it's nice because 
having an alter ego, I feel like, gives you that space to reflect and be like, this is the person I want to be. Other than, like, how am I going to work on this? You're already working on it with your alter ego. So I just feel like that's definitely a good place to start in terms of aspiring to be. I think before you know it, they blend, right? Yeah. Like, my friend Jeff texted me this weekend, and he was like, I feel like Roxy and Emily are actually blending. He's like, I feel like you're actually becoming, like, her. And I'm like, it made me feel really good inside because I feel like sometimes I do have down days, but other times I'm like, hell yeah, like, I'm spontaneous. Like, I can do cool things. Like, You know, yeah. I don't know. Like, it was, like, a really, like, no. cool moment for me. I agree. And I think it's definitely important for people so. to realize and to know the person you aspire to be because it, we're always going to be so hard right. on ourselves. So, like, we're never going to think, like, oh, I aspire to be this person, but I'm doing nothing to, to be that person. But mm-hmm. when other people yeah. see it, it's like, okay, maybe I'm just being too hard on myself. And maybe, like you said, I think the eventual goal is to have that alter ego and, like, eventually morph those two people into one because... You aspire to be someone, and eventually you do want to be that person yeah. that is your alter ego. And I feel like alter ego has a negative connotation yeah. right. on it, but like you do want to eventually try and morph with the alter Aren't ego. Aren't we always trying to grow, yeah. right? I think in this case, it's not like I'm trying to change myself. I just, it's just trying to like adapt and grow and just like things that maybe I do need to work on in my life, like we've all talked about in this podcast. Like Roxy is all the things that like I want to be and like want to grow to be. So. I think it's just recognizing yeah. the areas that you have so much room for growth in, and that's right. really what your alter ego is. It's not about changing yourself right. 100%, but it's just growing in the areas where you are weak, you know, yeah. or where you feel the weakest. So what do I call my alter ego? I, I know. I'm, I like, I'm actually ask. thinking about this. I'm like, okay. Do <laughs> you? No. <laughs> it's got to be, like, be different. You got to be completely different. I like, guess. No, no describe your, like, <laughs> describe him. Um, yeah. He's confident. He walks into yeah. the room and knows he belongs there. Okay. That's funny um, because that's what I see when I, I know. Right? <laughs> it's, you know, he's got a sense of humor, but he's kind and empathetic and he believes in himself. So far, you're describing in Julian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that guy. That, that should be my alter ego, Julian. <laughs> he believes in himself. He, uh, he's confident. And I think that's really where that comes in. He's just he's a, he has a strong personality, not just on the outside, but on the inside too. Like when he goes home, he feels strong. Mm-hmm. Like, What's well, like a not, strong name? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Troy. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? <laughs> Troy. <laughs> what, like, Troy. Okay. Troy. That's such a good movie. Like, Troy. Like, Troy. 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 So it's something like Troy, like the Trojan horse, but yeah. like... Oh. Yeah, my head thought to Troy Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm picturing him singing. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like a golf course. There he is. So Troy, so when you, yeah, introduce yourself yeah, on... Yeah, Troy. Yeah. Right. All right. But Troy Bolton, as in, as in both Troy Bolton, who is confident yeah. to sing enough on stage and play basketball. Ooh, he time. sings on the basketball court, let's yeah, be real. Gosh, <laughs> like, yeah, breaking free... So <laughs> um, that wasn't on the basketball court. No, that wasn't. Troy. I also Karen just want to, I do want to point out though that like um, it's multiple parts of ourselves play a role, right? So it's not like we're trying to like not be Julian, like what you consider some of your self-limiting beliefs around dating that you shared, but that's always going to be a part of you and like that's the part of you that at least for myself my humility and things like that has allowed me to like have this great career where I'm always in a growth mindset and I'm learning and growing and so rather than see that as like a negative side of myself it's like it's just it's gotten me to where I am to maybe have a little self-doubt and like push myself to be better and all of that so I think like knowing that there's a purpose behind every different part of us and it's not like we're trying to phase out maybe that insecure side of ourselves, but it's just like, yeah, when can we call upon Roxy when we need to and Troy when we need to and know that it's going to be a blend of both and that every part of us serves a purpose and we can like love all those parts of ourselves. So. Mm -hmm. Who else has a self-limiting belief that they want to share? I can't really think of any of them being on this I definitely have some. <laughs> no, oh, yes. He always makes us feel so bad. Going. Yeah, we 
Okay, okay, by the way, <laughs> if you missed last week, Luis is the only secure attachment no, style I'm not liking this. We all need help except for you. I just felt the pressure, and I'm not good at the pressure. No, I just think I need a better grasp of what is a self-limiting belief. Yeah, yeah. I could have some examples, yeah. One of mine was being afraid to ask for what I want. So from just the person that I'm dating currently that I've talked about on this podcast, it's like I go into an interaction being like, I'm going to say all these things that I want and how I feel, but then I just don't because I'm just so afraid of how it's going to be received. And then I worry that then it'll end and then I don't have that relationship anymore and that makes me really sad because I really enjoy it and get a lot out of it and so um the the problem with that though is that I always have to keep in check am I still like making sure that I'm true to myself and like our interactions and that I'm maintaining my self-respect and self-dignity in those interactions and that I'm making sure that I'm like asking for what I want and sometimes you don't always know but just making sure that I'm not just going along with the flow so much with what he wants to do or how he wants things to be but then I'm really like assessing how I feel and making sure that I'm saying how I feel and so yeah it's just being afraid to ask for what I want because I am afraid that it's going to be received poorly. What are some strategies you feel like you use in the moment? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if he texts you and you're going to hang out, how do you get, like, in game time mode? <laughs> game time mode. I don't know. I don't know Expressing what to say. myself. I, I know. Just because um, I feel I like you do. You come, yeah. you know. I think that my big thing is not always feeling like I have to have a response right away and sort of seeing how it goes and even reflecting on it later and then saying I need to make sure I like save this next time or something I think allowing that pause in the moment can help not being like always ready to answer him Mm -hmm. I think that's important yeah yeah Part of it, though, is that I don't, I still don't know, like, exactly what I want from him either, because he's kind of, like, keeping me at arm's length, because he's avoidant, dismissive attachment style, so I think that, like, I'm still deciding what exactly I want from him anyway, so it's hard to know, like, am I just afraid to ask for what I want, or is it that I'm trying to, like, figure out what I want, so. What are some things you would say that make you feel comfortable saying what you want, you know? Because I feel like yeah. you've probably had that in the past where you feel comfortable saying what you want, but all of a sudden yeah. with this person, you you don't feel comfortable saying what you want. So, like, what's the difference between um, when you feel comfortable and when you don't? Yeah, and I how think does that person act towards you? Know? I feel like it goes back to love languages of, I think I'm missing the words of affirmations. I think the more that I like have reflected on all our conversations on here, I know I said quality time was my love language, but I actually feel like words of affirmation almost are, and that I kind of need that from him and saying like, how are you feeling about how this is going? Like, you know, even just talking about the relationship with words and not just like him stroking my hair so nice and me being like, okay, yeah, everything's great. It's fine. Anyways. I was going to say, my follow-up question there is like, if you're not getting the love language that you want, what's keeping you around? Um, I'm really afraid to like even ask about what's your love language and like, and say this is what I want. Like I think in talking to my therapist recently about it, she was saying, you know, you need to ask for what you need and like saying, yeah, when I saw you with that girl in the river wash, you know, and you didn't like respond to me right away or introduce her, I didn't feel special. And like, we're having these intimate moments and like, I need to like feel seen and special or something like that. So, um, yeah, I'm missing knowing that he's like willing to have that conversation and that he cares enough about how I feel and I just I'm still like not quite sure if he does care so which I know is like a major problem now that I'm saying that out loud if we we kind of take it like as instead of just the relationship as a whole if we think about like one date with this guy Mm. if you were to think about what a successful date with him looks like 
purely for you where you're going to leave happy kind of on all fronts, what does that entail? Like what would a successful mm-hmm. date look like for you where all your needs are kind of met? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I do feel like I'm missing like the words of affirmation and saying, reflecting on where we're at and what just some of the boundaries of the relationship and, and what, um, basically like our, do we see a future together? Cause it is like, I've been seeing him for a while now. And so is this just something where we're just enjoying it for what it is? Or is it something where you see, we just need to experience each other more, but like you're still considering me for the future. And I feel like we're both kind of at that point where we're trying to figure out okay, we should take a weekend trip together and yeah. see how that goes. And Or is it just that, like, yes, this is the boundary. This is never going past what it is right now. It's, so It sounds like you want, like, you don't just want, like, the dinner and drinks. You want actual conversation yeah. on your date. Right. And I think that's, like, you know, even just talking to you about kind of this person, like, I feel like a lot of these, like, you're having, like, great dates, but what's actually missing is the actual conversation. It feels like that's what's longing. That's what's trying to trying to get it yeah it's like you're you're missing that it's the conversation about like what is which I think we've maybe come up with a word to describe this so there's me there's him and there's this third entity that is our relationship that we'll call the lemon yeah (laughs) if we want to (laughs) anyways like like, what is the lemon like what is happening here it's like we've hung out enough that it's like what the lemon is Let's talk about the lemon because at this point I will say it's interesting. It's like the lemon feels like the elephant in the room at this point where it's like it's kind of souring your relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) See, that's what I like about this like tangible thing because we can really make some good pun jokes. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm missing is that and I What's that? Life well, gives you lemons, make lemonade, but it looks like you're not making the lemonade. <laughs> going on? It's just like the lemon is sitting in on the table, in between us, and we both know it's there, but we're not talking about it because I don't know if it's just like he yeah. he's still and taking an info the, about me, or we're both yeah. deciding, or what yeah. it is. The and problem, problem is though is that the lemon is slowly rotting right. at the center of the table, and if you don't talk about it, if you don't bite into it, you know, you're, gonna you're have to wasting throw it out. that right. lemon. Well, can I tell you how the lemon orso soup that I made you guys tonight, I made for him one night and I brought it to him and he literally, like it sat in his fridge. It's still in there and I have not brought oh, it up no. because I'm like, um, so I cooked flag. for him. I know, I know. Yes. So it's literally sitting in his fridge rotting and it's a very good visual for like our relationship. <laughs> it's the lemon. It's the I literal lemon. <laughs> The way that you guys are working right now, I can't. I'm really embarrassed, but I'm afraid. Yeah, we need to go raid this man's fridge. (laughs) But okay, the evil part of me loves that. Like his fridge is gonna start smelling bad. Like you didn't address this or bring this up. No kidding. That's the unempowered. Excuse me. Do you feel like there's something smelling? I'm gonna open this up. So tangible for life. We're just talking about it as a metaphor, but here we are. (laughs) Here we are. And I brought him crispy onions and everything to put on top of (laughs) it. Anyways, it was a very delicious soup. So he's missing out. I know. But it's like same with you. He is missing out on a great gal. But that's his. That's his loss. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) that's what I'm missing is like conversation about what we are. But I think like we've kind of yeah. So had that in the past, but. It's just accept, I either need to just accept the relationship as being limited and this is what it is, or like, this is someone who I could have a future with. What do you feel like will finally change for you to like, have this conversation with him? Or do you feel like it's just not going to happen? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah. what do you need to change for you to say these words to him? I think it's still just that like, I want more time with him to Cause I think we still need to like, for me, I, I still want to go on a weekend trip or <clears throat> there's a couple other like experiences <clears throat> that I want to have with them to mm-hmm. even know. So that's why I haven't brought it up. Cause it's like, I still don't know what I want still from not. him. It's not like I've decided, Oh my gosh, this is like the man that I really want to have a relationship with. I don't know that I am at that point either. And so 
then it's like, yeah, what's the point of the okay. conversation? So I think that's my struggle is, okay. am I still just in data collection mode but of enjoying it's, someone? It's also been what, over a year? I was going to ask the It's same been thing. over a year, and like, I feel like at this point... If you don't know now, it's like... And I've told you this before. I feel like the only way oh, this, no. the oh, only no, way this is gonna end out. if like if you end it. Like otherwise, it's like yeah, it's just gonna be this never ending. Yeah, anymore. or you're gonna get hurt more than you want yeah. to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's tough all around it's though, because I I can understand why you keep coming back to that. Uh, yeah. But because I've been in that situation before, like you, it's it's comforting in the moments which are good but then there's a lot of other things that are kind of surrounding it and i just think you're waiting for like one thing yeah and you're like if that one thing comes in Mm -hmm. it'll be perfect but you've been waiting for that one thing for like a while Mm -hmm. yeah for as long as one thing by one direction the song has been out you've been waiting for that (laughs) that's a very good point (laughs) yeah but and i think like deep down you do know the answers to yeah. it because like yeah you kind of even send them to yeah. us right yeah and i told you before like from the outside looking in it's easy for us to say that right we're not like ones going through it you know mm-hmm. i know damn well if i was in your situation i would be oh yeah reluctant to try and just let something like that go you know because it feels so good in the moment yeah. and you're like oh this one thing changes will be perfect you know but and maybe i think sometimes i just want to say to him hey I read, I was reading about attachment styles and I feel like you're, I'm anxious and I feel like you're avoidant dismissive. Can we talk about that? I don't know. Like I kind of, I just feel like we're in that trap and if, if we could like be a little more vulnerable with each other and I just see if he would go there with me, then I think that would be the answer I need of like more information. And I just think it's like, he's constantly keeping me at arm's length and I'm too afraid and anxious to go there that. But then we get stuck in this. I feel like you being anxious and afraid to go there says a lot more. Like, that's your yeah. answer. You don't need to go there to have that's an true. answer, you know? Like, not being able to go there is your answer. All right, so I was going to share my another personal story around where some of my self-limiting beliefs come from with dating. Um, so I know I was talking earlier about Um, just being afraid to ask for what I want. And I think part of that relates to just like not feeling confident that I can find a partner who's resilient enough. Um, So I love the word resilient because I think, especially with us being therapists and inpatient rehab, like we see people who come to the hospital who have been through these like life-changing accidents where maybe they're like non-weight bearing on the right leg and non-weight bearing on the left arm and then how do you get around moving like that so um and I think that's something we don't like talk enough about is like just the serious situations that we see at work and like how people go through these life-changing accidents and like how that impacts their relationships and stuff and I think that that definitely um contributes to me feeling like am I gonna like have a partner who's gonna stick with me through something hard Um, because I think like dating can be easy and fun especially in the beginning stages but then like when things when hard things happen like can someone like actually stick with you through that so I think we see that every day in our jobs and even my job before inpatient rehab was working with people with Parkinson's which is a neurodegenerative disease so people would like get worse over time and I just saw so many amazing partnerships come through of people who like stuck together um and part of like what makes me really passionate about helping people with neuro conditions is that um I actually had two sisters who passed away from a neurodegenerative condition um and it's a mouthful and this all happened like a while ago um I was like 15 so and I'm 34 now so my sisters had what's called metachromatic leukodystrophy, which is a, um, it's an inherited disease where it affects your central and peripheral nervous system. So it's um, autosomal recessive, which is basically, uh, both my parents were carriers for it. And so like I had a one in four shot of getting it. So I just like feel really blessed and lucky that I did not have it. Um, so my brother and I, 
our carriers for it, but we don't actually have it. But um, my other two siblings did have it. And how it all kind of happened is um, Kim, who is my oldest sister, when she was about seven, she started having upper motor neuron side. And so like difficulty with walking and speech and everything. And it took like a year to get her diagnosed because it was so rare. Like it wasn't something that um, people see a lot in the clinic. And so, um, cause it's like very rare that you would have this. And so it took a while to get her diagnosed. And then when they did, <laughs> Finally, Luna just sighed at a good moment. Um, and so when we finally found out what it was, the doctors were like, oh, do you have other kids? Because we need to get them tested. So we all got tested. Um, and the youngest one, Ellen, did end up having it. So Kim was already like too far gone to get treatment at the time, which was just experimental, which was a bone marrow transplant. Um, and so Kim became like totally dependent and like couldn't talk or walk or anything within a year. So she was like diagnosed at seven and then dependent by like eight. And a lot of my memories of her are like being in a wheelchair and being taken care of by my parents. And so like, I just saw them like stick together through all of that and, um, just like really admire them for having that strong relationship for being able to like take care of her. Um, so yeah, so basically she was dependent from the time she was eight until when she passed away at 17. And then, um, Ellen, who was the youngest one, she was two when we like found all this out. And at the time the bone marrow transplant was the only option and it like, wasn't even like going to be covered by insurance. So my mom had to like fight to get it covered and everything. And my dad did too. Um, and so she, Ellen went through a bone marrow transplant at two, but she like passed away from complications with that. She like got an infection and like didn't make it through it, which like it was a risky procedure anyway. Um, and so just like seeing my parents stay together through that, I think was like just something that I really admired. And even, um, I know last week we talked about attachment styles and apparently my parents told me a story of how when Ellen and my mom so they went to Minnesota for her experimental bone marrow transplant and um so my mom was like gone for like three months during a time when I was like probably four at the time and then apparently when she came back I would like never leave her side because she like left for part of the time and um we joke that I would like hold onto her leg as she was like taking out the trash. So I just like have a very vivid memory of like where my anxious attachment style comes from, which is like some of that. But um, yeah, I think just like having the hope and trust that someone would stick with me through that because it was like really challenging to go through that. And like I think even just, it's not just what my parents went through, but also like just us as siblings and just like, it kind of contributes to just like my negative perspective and outlook on some things with like our job and some of the things that we see that I think we don't acknowledge enough the seriousness of it and like the life-changing part of it. So um, yeah, I just, I think that that's part of why I'm afraid to just like go for it and like I was saying with asking for what I need and like really being vulnerable is that I just like don't know that I trust that someone's going to have that resiliency and that grit to stick with me through that. Like I think that I do want kids, but it's hard for me to like see kids struggle just after like watching what my sister went through. And like, so just having that fear that like I will have a kid with special needs and like just that you know, what if I have this kid and then like, I'm just left by someone to like deal with that myself. But in what I've worked through, like, I know that I, I don't want fear to rule my life. Like I want to go for it. And like, I want to try with someone. It's just that there's a lot that I'm looking for with resiliency. And like, I just haven't really dated anyone that I feel like has those skills, but then it's hard. Cause it's like, you don't know what they'll do until it happens and how can you like, you know, go into data collector mode and just like 
talk about those hypothetical situations to get more info info on that or like um, look at other behaviors they have to see like will this be something that they you know are able to handle so I think that that's a huge self-limiting belief that I have is like the fear around that and I have to be really diligent about um, just restructuring my thoughts. So I try this um, exercise that is part of cognitive behavioral therapy and flipping the fear. And rather than saying, you know, I'm going to be left and this is going to happen to me, just saying like, I will date someone and like see, you know, how they respond to these things. And even if I am left or something that I have like a supportive community around me to help me get through that. So, but it takes a lot of intentional effort to try and flip the fear on that. So that is my personal story that I know is kind of a lot to share and it happened a while ago, but I, I think the positives that came from it is that I do have this zest for life. Like I, that's why I want to keep this relationship going with this person that I talk about because I'm learning so much about myself and I just like love enjoying things and I'm kind of a relationship junkie in a way where I just like love connection and enjoying people. And so it's hard for me to walk away from that when I know like how short life can be. Um, so yeah, there's like a good and bad and all the in between with what I went through with that experience. So that is my story that, Louise heard about already on our 13 mile hike a couple of weeks ago, but um, yeah, and, then and I'm open to any questions. I'll tell you the same thing I told you on the hike, and I, I think you're bra- very brave for sharing that, and I really appreciate you for sharing that because that means a lot. But it also, I think it, it's amazing how hearing those stories from someone really kind of puts things into perspective about the way I've looked at you mm-hmm. in the past, and I'm just like wow, like, this all makes sense now. Why yeah. she lives life the way she's living, you know? She's yeah. not just this crazy person who goes out <laughs> on backpacking weekends, you know? Oh, that's what I was and I'm just like, exactly. this all makes sense. I'm yeah. just like, there's a reason it's behind a, yeah. why you're doing things. Right. And I think having a purpose behind why you're doing things and not necessarily living life just going through the motions kind of thing is very important, you know? Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. the, the thing that I admire most about you is, like, not living in the fear that, like, someone's never going to be good enough, you know? Like, despite seeing what your parents went through and seeing, like, wow, am I ever going to have that? Because, I mean, you have to think about it. Like, your parents never... I don't think before they were even together, they were like, oh, am I going to have somebody who's going to stick with me through it? They were just going through it. And then it's just like, when times got hard, you either... You stayed or you left, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, it's... I definitely admire that you're not living in the fear and you're kind of just still putting yourself out there and especially if you're not settling, you know, like I think that's the most important thing. I think a lot of times we try to, we tend to look at the negative side of things and be like, wow, I'm like so far gone in my life and I still haven't settled down. I still don't have kids. I still don't have Mm -hmm. a family, this and that. But like you flip the, you flip the perspective on that. And the other perspective on that is, I haven't settled because I know what I'm worth. I haven't settled because I know what real love is. I haven't settled because I've seen what love is and sticking through thick and thin is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beautiful side of it. The fact that despite all the fear that you've gone through growing up and living through what you've lived for, like you're still sticking around and you're still dating and you're still meeting new people and you're still putting putting, putting yourself out there. And I think that something that you may not see but we definitely see from the outside looking in so that's definitely admirable yeah. from my aspect mm-hmm. you know so thank again you. I thank you for sharing that yeah. and I and I thank you for being the person you are today because putting it all together I'm like wow this makes so much sense you know and it's yeah, just like, why I'm a little extreme sometimes I know, I know yeah. it's like you're like you said it best like your zest for life yeah. and like they would be so proud of you so like yeah, thank you. Just like how you live life and how you approach every single day. Yeah. Um, and not for nothing. I think that's how the just like yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Just thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I'm so passionate about just like doing the things you want to do and um, talking about things and going there and acknowledging just like where that fear comes from. And it's like 
but yeah, I don't want that fear to rule my life. And I'm, I'm really at that point right now where I feel like it kind of has in certain relationships romantically. And I just like, I feel like I owe it to myself to try and not just like keep worrying about what could be and like just giving it a shot and knowing that life is a bunch of gray and you never know what's going to happen and like being okay with like letting go of that control and knowing that I can't predict every situation and yeah yeah and I feel like yeah. you are doing all the mm-hmm. right things I wouldn't say there's something mm-hmm. where I'm just like right. you're not doing the right thing I, mean, I feel like you're being very intentional which is something you always talk about mm-hmm. something you live and die yeah. about you know like you're being very intentional with what you you do and how you do things and now I see it why you're yeah. being so intentional with things like it's not just like now I see the intention behind it you know and I think that's right. the biggest thing the fact that there's a reason why you do things and you're like I said you're not just going through the motions right. you know because how many of us just go through the motions like wow look back and like oh I don't really know why I did that you know exactly. this is me you're like okay this is why I'm doing things and I think that's very important to look back on and reflect on because it's very it's very it's a quality that I'm not that many people have you know it's a quality yeah. that people I feel like admire and a quality that people wish they had because mm-hmm. so many people just do things and they're all oh, figured out later you know right yeah I'll figure yeah. out why I did it later I don't know why I did it but looking back I'll figure right. it out and I'll find a reason you know versus like before even doing something you're like this is why I'm doing it you know right. And just like giving, I think my big thing is giving people a chance to show up for me. Like, I think Mm -hmm. I just am too afraid to even like put myself in that situation, but I have to be vulnerable enough to know that. That the right person will. Right. Yeah. And that I should be willing to like try to stick around for that or like give that a shot. Mm -hmm. So. So yeah, so that is where, in terms of just a couple bullet points on like just thinking about these self-limiting beliefs, like what to do is like having that awareness around your self-limiting beliefs. So acknowledging what they are and just recognizing that what you go through in your past, of course, contributes to some of those self-limiting beliefs and stories that you tell yourself, but that you do have the control to name yourself Troy and go for it and Roxy and (laughs) um so I feel like I've done a lot of therapy around all those things that I just shared and like talking through some of that and saying like and just having a curious mindset and saying like why why am I this way and rather than just like continue to be negative about it just having awareness around it and know that um, it's good to name what those beliefs, self-limiting beliefs are and um, do the work behind understanding it. Yeah, I think it's one thing knowing you have self-limiting beliefs. I think mm-hmm. it's another thing actually taking action on them and seeing what am I going to do about it. You know, it's not just like these are my self-limiting beliefs and it is what it is, you know, like, because at that point it's just like we're not really growing as people. And when you recognize the work you need to do, I think that goes a long way. Yeah. That's how you really grow as a person and grow in relationships and meet new people and grow mm-hmm. with people, you know. Otherwise, like, you're just in the same spot for the rest of your life. Right. And just that you don't have to have it all figured out right now and that you can still, like, have meaningful relationships and be open about that and even, you know, share that. And it's not like you have to have the work done to a certain point and then you're going to be, like, ready mentally for someone. I think, like, that's where the joy in it is, is growing together and like having like each person having that willingness to um investigate like why are you the way you are and like what's contributing to that so cognitive restructuring so yeah flip the fear and I will say a shout out to Silk and Sonder I know Mm -hmm. I've told Luis about it but I it's this awesome um self-care journaling um, kind of subscription that I joined and it's based on cognitive behavioral therapy, which I think is awesome. Just restructuring your thoughts. And I think it just takes so much daily discipline and practice to recognize those self-limiting beliefs and like restructure those thoughts and, um, putting them into practice. So that is a really cool, uh, journaling club that I would recommend people join that has some of these exercises in it that's really helped me 
and even like mantras where you can wake up and say, I'm going to be Troy on this date, <laughs> you know, or like yeah. just the power of your words and how you like talk about yourself too. Yeah. Just writing things down, I think goes a long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the yoga retreat, we did a lot of journaling and it was just a lot of mantras and a lot of like, mm-hmm. I will this, I will that. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing that I took away, <laughs> one thing that I have taken away since I've met you is just like embracing that gray area and living in that gray area. And that was actually yeah, something yeah. I talked about in my journal. I was like, I will be okay with living in the gray area. I don't need to know why everything is happening. Right. When it's happening, you know. Embrace the gray, as Emily says. I know. We've learned so much from oh, you. Oh, thanks. But yeah. I just want all my, my therapy <laughs> to benefit not just me, but... <laughs> no, I think, but yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what makes you awesome because you share all of that knowledge yeah. and just like how much yeah. we've grown just like doing yeah. this podcast in the last short like three months yeah. right like this has yeah. been just such an amazing experience and getting to know you all and I feel like tonight is no exception right yeah. like um yeah and kind of on that note I just want to thank everybody for being like so open and honest I don't think like without this podcast we would have been able to kind of confront who we are and yeah. why we are who we are today um and we've confronted that on the relationship side but i think it goes back to you know more than that and this today's yeah. podcast and even previous podcasts have highlighted that a lot so thank you all for sharing because it's helped me share too so. yeah, yeah. 100%. i feel like if it wasn't for this podcast i don't know how much i would have shared but like <laughs> any of you know oh my like, gosh, in a good yeah. way. like i'm glad this brought us together yeah. and i'm glad it yeah. continues to bring us together because like Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I really feel perfectly fine sharing all this stuff. I know. Yeah. And, and I know it's not just going to you guys, it's going yeah. on to the right. yeah. th- th- like, Thank you, world, for listening. I think I just, I pretend it's just you guys, but then like, oh shit, we're actually doing this you know? Our eight listeners, please, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Cheers I mean, to you. I just hope Cheers that it, that. but it does show the power of like, you know, when we all got together after that happy hour and it was like, we all had this vulnerable energy coming out of us that came to the center that was this like beautiful yeah. lemon tree. And, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I think we were like, honestly, like in the moment I was, didn't really know if any of you were serious. Like, I think we all just kind of like had our own beliefs on what oh was God, happening. I was like, whatever. Happened, like, yeah. And then I feel like the first one happened. I was like, oh, this is happening. I know. <laughs> well, because Julian, like, well, everyone really, but like when you get all our energies together of actually <laughs> being action oriented, it's like, <laughs> oh, good. I'm not the only one <laughs> right. who's out there. Yeah. So, same with like the movie, right? Like, yeah. I just feel like, I yeah. don't know. He's, 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 yeah. Exactly. Just And then it just, it does show like how many couples or potential couples or even not even just romantic relationships, but mother, daughter, father, son, like all these relationship combos, siblings, um, if both parties were just vulnerable and like shared that same energy we are now, like how much better would those relationships be? And I think like, that's really the goal of this podcast is thinking about like learning from our stories and like even researching these different tools to say, you know, what can we accomplish when we just like go there and talk about it? So yeah. It'd be great to kind of apply everything we've learned kind of in a new context. And that's probably like a great segue. (laughs) And then, and really quick before we say that, (laughs) because yes, let's talk about that. I do just like, just to kind of like bring my story to a close, I do just want to share that I, it was like a month ago that I somehow was, saw um, in researching that they actually found a cure for the disease, the metachromatic leukodystrophy. It's only being done in Europe, but um, it's gene therapy. So if I feel good because as a family, we raised a bunch of money through a volleyball tournament for like 10 years in my sister's name for the foundation for research. So I just felt really good that like in reading that just in my lifetime that there's potentially a cure out there. And it just like made Mm -hmm. me feel really good to know that um, there's hope. So and that, you know our efforts in that fundraiser and even just like the emotional work I'm doing around it is not in vain. So I just wanted to like end on a happy note with that story and say, thank you for listening to that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I did not know that part of it. For sure. And then just as a quick recap before we go into what Julian's segue was. So in terms of we've identified some self-limiting beliefs, 
Um, and just quickly, other self-limiting beliefs are dating is scary, thinking you don't deserve love, thinking big red flags are permissible, and that relationship should be easy. I feel like that's a big one, is that you have to like do the work. You should not just believe that um, we should always read each other's minds and know, hey, this is how things should be, but that it does actually take work. Um, and also another self-limiting belief is you don't think there's anyone out there for you. So we talked about some of our personal stories with that, but also just wanted to mention a couple of those self-limiting beliefs. Um, and then what to do about it is we've talked about awareness around what your self-limiting beliefs are and then cognitive restructuring. So flipping the fear calling yourself out on it. So we have Roxy and Troy as our examples for your alter ego and say that was fear Emily speaking, but let's bring Troy in or Roxy in to like reevaluate the situation, knowing that the past doesn't have to be the future and this concept of abundance versus lack mindset. So abundance mindset is where you believe there's plenty of resources for everyone. There's plenty of people out there to date Scarcity mindset is believing your resources are limited and you're really focusing on like the negative and what's not out there. Other strategies, just practicing self-care, self-compassion. So do what brings you joy, really leaning into your friendships, meditate, journaling, saying mantras, and then seeing dating as a new fun opportunity to get to know new people. You can learn about yourself and others. So those are just a couple of tips. And Julian's segue into our next episode is we want to really uh, be serious about applying all these principles we've been talking about in our podcast. So we are going to go on dates this next week. Julian, do you want to follow up with yeah, I think explaining just, this? I think we're just going to kind of role play some situations because I think a lot of times we think we're applying things and we don't actually know. And so I think I'm really excited about it because it's nice to get feedback from, you know, all of all of you all here that I've been sharing like a lot of my personal stories with and you know my background and you know kind of what intent you know I'm going for in a lot of these dates and relationships and likewise I'm hoping that I can give you all feedback too so we're going to be doing some role playing with each other and that's what you have to look forward to on our next episode. Cool yeah. sounds good. So with that in mind, remember we are on Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. We're also on Instagram at The Lemon Law, and that's lemon with two M's. And feel free to leave a comment on what you would like for us to discuss because we are absolutely open to future topic ideas. And next week we'll go into more detail on our role playing with how we are going to act according to our empowered alter egos with dating. So have that to look forward to. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Emily. I'm Louise. My name is Julian. And I'm Emily Marie. And we'll see you next time on The Lemon Law. Yeah.